0: Hi, my name is Bob Hurt, and I am your host of the Baseball Doesn't Fall Far From the Tree podcast. Join us as we explore the national pastime through conversations with guests close to the game. This is my invitation to you to play ball. For this episode, our guest is former Major League pitcher Randy Lersh. Randy was drafted out of Cordova High School where he was 13-0 and was signed by the Philadelphia Phillies in 1973. He made his debut on September 14, 1975 at the age of 20 against the Chicago Cubs. Randy was a mainstay of the Phillies rotation between 1977 and 1980. He would pitch 11 years in the majors for the Phillies, the Brewers, the Expos, and the Giants. Randy has been inducted in both the Reading Baseball Hall of Fame and the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame. In 2019, he would write his memoir, God in the Bullpen, where he talks about his baseball career and professes his faith in God. Welcome to our show, Randy. Thank you for having me Bob. it's, it's an honor to be, buddy. All right, great. Now, usually when I I talk to former players, I um I like to ask uh who introduced them to the game of baseball, which I know your your dad did. Um uh-huh. Do you think that he lived uh, vicariously through your baseball accomplishments because I know he was quite a ball player? He absolutely did. Uh, if it, it uh
1: and breathed, uh my my career and, and you know like me as a kid and you know I I God blessed me with having you know my my uh, my one sister who is the third in line out of four kids and, and you know uh, uh, you know so there's one one girl but the other two boys were, were decent athletes but I God has blessed me with a lot of ability so my dad just uh, he lived and breathed. Uh, uh, my baseball
0: and basketball. Well, I know, like, I, you know, I had two sons, and, uh, you know, I, I know that feeling that, uh, you know, seeing, seeing my kids uh, excel on the field, and, and it brings back some pretty great memories. Um, you grew up in Rancho Cordova, and you were a Giants fan. Now, was there any player or players who were your favorites on the uh, Giants?
1: yeah I,
2: I was uh, I was a I was a left-handed Willie maid oh wow <laughs> I, uh, you know I, I don't know uh, you know I don't know how old you are yeah. uh, you know or,
1: but uh, I don't know if you remember the days where they they used to have those for the kids you could like almost make your little transistor radio or stuff like that and you know I used to like uh, uh, I love the giant so much where I'm going with that is I, I would go and, and sneak in my the upper bunk bed and uh, build myself a little radio and listen to the Giants at night. And I always especially loved uh, uh, listening when Willie came up. And you
0: know, uh, you know, was McCovey, and, who I actually got to pitch against. Oh you know, wow! My major leagues. And, and but uh, I
1: used to pretend like I was Willie Willie Mays in center field. I was I would do the basket catch and. You know,
0: and, and uh, you know, I was tall and skinny, as you know, but, yeah. and left-handed, but I, I did everything I could to uh, emulate Willie, Willie Mays. Yeah, yeah I'm, uh, I, I'll be 66 in April, so, uh, oh, okay. you know, I remember Willie really well, and, and uh, you know, I was, I think I had mentioned to you that I was a Pittsburgh Pirate fan, but I actually, you know, in the 60s, I loved watching the National League where you had the San Francisco Giants and the L.A. Dodgers and the Pirates always seemed to be caught up in a in a pennant race. But Willie is, as far as I'm concerned, the, the best player i ever seen play. You know what? Uh, oh, yeah, and
1: you might, you might like this. Uh, uh, my grandpa used to, I think I was nine, ten years old, we'd go to the candlestick park. Uh, You know, he'd take me to a few of the games, and I got to watch them play, and and the the first game he ever took me to was against the Pirates, and I got, uh, there was a foul ball, came back, and the person next to me got it, uh, and it was from Jose Pagan.
0: Oh, Jose. uh, You know, I've I've heard I've I've spoke to a lot of Jose's uh, teammates like Manny Sanguin, and uh, they and also this guy Herb uh, Rayburn who was uh, he scouted like um, Panama and, and that area, but they all have great things to say about Jose. And I was just thinking, do you remember when Jose played for the Giants? No, I don't. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't even know he did. Yeah, yeah, he played for the Giants before he came over to Pittsburgh. Um. But, no yeah. I didn't know that. I know Manny turned D, and I pitched against him. Oh, you pitched <laughs> against Manny. <laughs> how'd you How'd you do against him? Uh, I most of the
1: time uh, Ed Ott was catching. Oh right. Uh, but you know, uh, I, I pitched a, uh, uh, I went in I pitched
0: a complete game, two
1: to one game, I believe, against the Pirates uh, in nineteen. 19- 79. Okay. And, uh, uh, Manny caught, and I remember, uh, I had one, one on, uh, one out, and the bottom of ninth, and Keith Martin was guessing, he said, how are we gonna pitch this guy? And it
0: was Manny saying, and I said, I'm gonna, I said, I'm, I'm gonna throw a sinker away and have him roll that sucker over for a double play, and I the first pitch I threw, that's what I remember about Manny, time I pitched against him and he, he hit it with a game ending double play, and uh so I was pretty that night yeah. yeah man he liked to swing the bat so I was oh, I was he, <laughs> <laughs> he told me I, interview, I interviewed him and uh well for a, a book I did with Sabre and uh he said yeah he's because you know he started playing baseball late in life and uh you know, he goes to me. He says... I didn't know that. Oh yeah, he um he was actually a boxer and he played soccer in Panama. And then he went to a Bible oh, okay. Yeah, he went to a Bible school in uh Panama and got introduced to baseball. And I remember we were talking and he goes, "Yeah, he says they gave me a bat but they never told me what to do with it." And then uh, <laughs> he goes, and then uh, Oh, yeah, he's he's great. I um I don't. Well, I will probably get out. To, I try to go to a pirate game each year out in Pittsburgh, and you know he has a barbecue uh, uh, pit out there. But uh, Manny's Manny's knees are shot, and he's got a lot of issues. So I don't know if uh, you know if he's going to be doing that that much uh, anymore. But yeah, he was a great guy, and I like I said, I loved watching the San Francisco Giants and and the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Dodgers, like in the sixties. You know, you know, my hero was, uh, well, my favorite team was the 1971 team with, you know, Roberto Clemente and and uh, Steve Blass. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was... Well, uh,
1: oh, I, 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 I can tell you, you might like this, I'm sorry to interrupt you, buddy. Oh, I've, no, this is good. Out, out
0: of all the, out of all the uh, teams I've played against, you know, you always watch who's coming into town and watch the players as they're showing up. The Pirates have the
1: greatest camaraderie. Of any, uh, any, uh, team we played against. I mean, these guys are out just, just having a, a blast. You know, it was like the, you know, the lumber company showed up and, you know, all of, Georgia would be like the, you know, the row master, but they'd get, they all sit down and straddle each other sitting on their astroturf from Philadelphia. And then Georgia would be calling out, you know, row, row. And Like, <laughs> they all have their backs. Right, and they did it along the first base line or whatever, and uh, and they get out there, and that was means they're rolling to you know basically took it like uh, you know rolling
3: to a victory. But
2: you <laughs> could tell
1: that these guys just loved each other. It was you know, oh, yeah.
0: they were the best. Oh yeah, and that like you said that '79 team. I mean, because I know Dacovi and I interviewed uh, Phil Garner, and and uh, yeah, they they definitely. Uh, you know, say that. And Ed Ott was a great guy, too. I've interviewed a lot of people. I like uh, talking baseball, and I've been... I'm a member of uh, Sabre. I don't know if you know Sabre, uh, Society of American Baseball Research. It's uh, an organization. I've heard of it, but don't know that much about it. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's good. We try to... um, I'm not part of... You know, they have that Sabre metrics and stuff. I'm not... There's, like, actually two parts to the organization. There's that, and then there's the the history part, and that's what I do, what they call the uh, bio project. I don't get into all the fancy statistics they have. It's like, you know, I don't... It, well, for one thing, I was never good at math, so, <laughs> you know, made it kind of difficult. That yeah. makes Oh, yeah. Well, I remember... I don't think I saw you pitch in person. I used to go down to vet, Veteran Stadium quite often. I mean, I saw you pitched a lot on TV and everything. Uh, I grew up in uh, basically like central New Jersey, which we had the Philly games, and then we had the Mets and the Yankees and everything. But um, I, uh, you know, reading, you know, when I was researching for this, and uh, you started out in the New York Penn League with Auburn, is that? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yes, I did. And who was your? Oh, I thought I had it written down there. Who was your co- uh, your coach in uh, in Auburn? You know, I, I can't. I, I can't remember. Uh, yeah. Somebody they they
1: actually he was a uh, a college coach. Okay. And you know, I I, uh, I know that uh, those days. In the minor leagues, they, <coughs> excuse me, they would bring, uh, uh, they would use roving coaches. Uh, I think I meant, I meant that in the book, but so they would have a roving, yeah. uh, you know, pitching, pitchers coach, you know, pitching coach, and the, and the other coach and stuff like that, and then used a uh, uh, a manager that they had, uh, they had found that was, I guess, successful with the
0: kids uh, from the college ranks, but uh, it was the least. I'm, <laughs> I don't yeah, know, so I'm looking. Because I do have your book in my my hand, I was looking through that. But um, but you had a pretty uh, let me get my. I also have Baseball Reference up here. You had a pretty good season uh, playing for them, huh? Didn't you go like nine yeah, and two was, or something? Or I was nine and two, and, and uh, well,
1: I uh, I was you know I I, I my my first. Time in the minor leagues was was before people got a hold of me and start trying to change what I was doing. Oh, uh, okay. I, picked, I I just really, really, they, yeah, they got a hold of me, and I had a great curveball along with my fastball, and I tried to
0: change the way I held it, and they ended up doing it, and I never got it back after all the years. But uh, I was nine and two, and I had two ninety run averages, right. three ten. Uh, you know, so. Uh, and we, and
1: we won our, we won our league that year. And, uh, they had some great talent. Uh, I mean, I remember, I think it was, uh, Newark or something like that, but, uh, you know, that they had, uh, uh, the Brewers had Robin Young, yeah, so, you know, I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of great uh, high school college players in that league and and uh, we, we won uh, we, we won the championship that year
0: yeah i got a chance to go to a lot of new york penn league games here and we had a couple teams in uh new jersey um but no kidding. yeah yeah uh there was one up in Sussex county that uh that i used that was what was that called? well it was a cardinals it was a cardinals uh Single A team, but after that season, you went to Reading. How did you? And you, you were. Uh, well, apparently you uh, you enjoyed pitching at Reading. You had a, a fantastic year, and and later on you were. Uh,
1: I went to actually my, my second year. What they do is, is uh, uh, you might know this,
0: but
1: they have three uh, when they, when in uh, uh, your first year of professional ball. Uh, it's either two or... No, it's just three. They have three uh class-A leagues. Oh, right. One of them is low, and that usually is the ones that they take the kids out of high school, and they play a league. And then the league I played in was the ones that... Uh, uh, the, it was just the second year, was college kids. That
3: for the first time, they've been drafted. That was the New York Penn League. And then they the third one was...
1: Uh, and where I'm going to say it's the Carolina League. So I played in Auburn, and then the, my second year was
0: an Upper A, then yeah. I played, uh, in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. Oh, and right, I, right. Yeah, I, I ended up, uh, you know,
1: I, 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 I pitched, I, shoot,
0: I, I think I won 13 games
1: or something in high school, uh, that year for here, New York Finley. Then they took me off to play, uh, you know, to play another season in the same season, and uh, so, I, I mean, it just wore me out. I was just 18 years old, and then uh, after that, they, they sent me to uh, uh, to like a extended, uh, 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 you know, training in Florida, and then uh, uh, went back home, got married, and, and then headed to, uh, to Rocky Mountain. So my, where I'm going at is, uh, uh, I just, I was, I was just a string bean, and, and and I ended up uh, I, my arm just didn't hold up, so uh, I had arm problems. Uh, when I was uh, in that second year
0: in, in pro, and I was seven and six, but I still had a I think a three thirty earned run average, but I didn't pitch many innings. And then the the, the next year I went to Double A and was sixteen and six in in uh, Reading. How did you like? You know, I've been to the field in Reading. I mean that is like that is an old time minor league field. I think they built that in the the fifties or something. Uh, in fact, that's what's on the cover of your book, right? Is is uh, ready? Nice going, yeah. That that uh, that's on the cover of the book. Uh, uh,
1: Howard, the um, yeah. uh, the we call the assistant editor. He, he was, I call him the editor, but he was uh, the, uh, you know, the the co-author, or whatever. But he. Um, he actually lived only like oh, an hour, hour and a half away from Reading. And so I told him, oh, you know, I have my greatest minor season, with, uh, one of them, uh, in Reading. I said, Why don't you go and uh, take a picture of that? I'll be nostalgic. And uh, take a picture of that. We'll
0: use it for the book cover. And, uh, yeah, it, it was a great old view. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. When you sent me the book and I saw the cover, I'm like, Man, that field looks familiar. And then inside, like I'm reading, it, it says uh, it's the Reading Ball Field, and I was like, "Oh yeah." Now, when you played there, did they? They, I, I remember taking my oldest son there to see games, and they used to have a train that used to. Go, it was a small little train, and it used to go around the field. Did you have anything like? I don't know when they started doing that. No, I don't. I
1: don't remember that. Yeah. Uh, uh, one thing I do remember is that. Oh my goodness, I. I I was like, you can't believe it. I mean, we went into Canada. I don't pronounce it right. Pro
0: Rivière or whatever. Right, right. And then we went into Quebec and, you know, it was freezing cold.
3: And, <laughs> and uh, you know, so it was like a, a growing up real fast. The best breast trips were just uh, grueling. Oh. But I, I was 16 and 6 that year. And yeah, 20 years old after that season was
0: called up to the major league. That's that's phenomenal. I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of people. I mean, at 20 years old, they're still in high A, right? They don't they don't get a chance to to play at double uh, A. Now, Bob Wellman was your manager. Yes, he
1: was. He, uh,
0: just a great man.
1: He was. Uh, do you do
0: you know that name? Yes, I do, and I remember. Um, I I don't know how I knew. I recognized it when. Um, when I was reading your book, and uh, I, you also had, you guys got along pretty good. You had a lot of respect for him, right?
1: Yes, and, and uh, because I was somebody that was very, that was I was very young, very
2: immature, and very sensitive. Right. And I would have had a manager that was out
1: there chewing on me and stuff like that, but, you know, Bob was caring and compassionate and i just uh you know i really reacted in a positive way to him and and you know, i talked about it in the book uh the
0: coach was Tony Gonzalez yeah and you
1: know he was just like that dude he called
3: me kid hey
0: kid the night <laughs> you know uh, we would i remember i was somebody that just had so much energy and so you know i pitched every fifth day and and then, uh in, in between start uh, you know, Eric, uh, before the game, Tony and I, we play, we go and
3: play Pepper for, oh man, I mean, an hour or so every single day, uh, you know, before the game and practice and all that stuff. And so we, uh, Tony and Dallas and I formed a, a, a great bond. And I needed that because I was, you know, I was lost. Right.
0: Well, I just can't imagine. I mean, you grew up on the West Coast, and then at 20 years old, you're over on the East Coast. And, uh, you know, I can't, you know, not a lot of people would have been able to deal deal with that. But um Tony Gonzalez, I don't know if you remember when I sent you the questions. Tony Gonzalez played in the very first game I ever went to. I went to see the... Uh, Oh, okay, yeah. Tony got. In fact, I even double checked it. I went on Baseball Reference to see the uh, the box scores, and yeah, he played in that game. But I went to see the Mets and the Phillies at at uh, Connie Mack Stadium on July thirty first, nineteen sixty five, and uh, Tony Gonzalez was was on that team. So that was. Yeah, I
1: tell you what, he was a he was a little
0: guy, but he was all he was all
2: muscle. So oh he, yeah. We're so close to him in spring training. Uh,
1: uh, after I played in Redding, we we would uh, be at the hotel there in Clearwater, Florida, and we would go out to eat. Tony and then uh, they had, you know, you, as a kid, you didn't know what to do with yourself. So we went to the uh, driving range, and uh, and Tony be out there with with the players with fans, stuff like that. And everything's kid. I could
0: I hit kid, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was a great guy. Now, um, after you were done in uh, Reading, and when when you were talking about um, that Bob was a, a great, just the right coach for your age and and at that level. But then you uh, you went to AAA and you played for a, a real hard ass Jim Bunning. What was that like? I mean, he was
1: well. You know what? I got a little bit of uh, I, I, I I he had a reputation for. It
3: and he has a hard ass and uh he had a reputation of if you're if you're screwing up out there on the mound you know jim had no problem just undressing you out there on the mound right <laughs> but i was lucky enough that after my double a year jim bunning was the uh we had a team in uh or we had uh, players that we sent
1: to puerto rico and as a twenty-year-old kid that had just been called up, uh, you know, to the major leagues, and then I get a phone call in the winter, and it's Mr. Bunning asking me if I would come and play for him in Puerto Rico. Wow! And I'm going, can you imagine? You know, I, I mean, I, I just got married. I, I, uh, I just overwhelmed. I thought, man, I'm going to get a break in the winter time, and and uh, I get shipped off to Puerto Rico. And my goodness, I mean the I had no idea that you're going to be playing with Puerto Rican players that are some outstanding players in uh, in a major league, like Willie Montanez, and Ed Figueroa, and you know, uh, uh, Roy Howe, and I mean, just just a lot of a lot of real good players. Uh, Cisco gano Jose Cruz, I mean, these guys are all top-notch major leaguers, so. I went to play for Jim Bunning in uh, Caguas, uh, in the town of San Therese in in, uh, in Puerto Rico for Jim Bunning. So at least I, I have I, I got a a little bit of a of a break in the gym, and I had a just a great year. I mean I led the I I tied for wins or something like that,
0: and then I led the league in strikeouts and. Strike out and just, well, I, I had a great year so Jim left me alone. Now, now he had you, you were at Santusi, the Crabbers? Was that the team? No, we
2: were uh, we
0: played for popular. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, Clementi, Clementi, uh played for uh, Santusi Crabbers. Uh, I remember. Well, we actually, uh, I was at, I forget the name of the hotel, but I was right on the beach, uh, the high
1: rise they, we had a uh, uh, oh what do you call it what do you call those tiny little rooms like a, a studio
0: right, uh, right. Uh, the, the balcony, the balcony over, uh, overlooked the
2: ocean there and it was right after well, was killed, uh-huh. and it was going back crashing and they had the light out there and then people said you know that is out there and I said no I, I, they, they have that beacon and just, just lit
0: up right through the flame went down mm-hmm. so I Wow, unbelievable! Hey, um, I can't pronounce this guy's name, so you're gonna have to help me out. But you had a pitching coach, Bob Typhonor? I mean, I had his baseball card, but I don't think I don't think I ever was able to pronounce his name correctly. Okay. Bob, Bob Tiefenauer. Uh, Tiefenauer. Okay. Uh, yeah, he was uh, a yeah, he was my like my
1: second father. He was a he was an old knuckleballer.
0: Okay. Which which is funny because I mean a knuckle bowler and you were known for your speed, right? I mean you threw up in the what mid nineties. Yeah, I threw in the
1: mid nineties, but you know what was great about Bob was I, I you know I was pretty pretty complete when I when I came there, but what I needed was somebody that just I needed, I needed somebody that was gonna uh, you know just call me really. Right. Uh, and Bob did that. You know, he he was not a public kid. He did and uh, so you know when things weren't going right, uh, when uh, a little bit down, deep uh, was always there. Uh, he was actually a uh, he was a traveling uh, pitching minor league pitching coach, and uh, he uh, he ended up uh, being a bullpen coach uh, you know, when I was there. For one year, also. But yeah, he was, he had, he had a lot to do, not because he taught me uh,
0: how to pitch and stuff like that, but he, he gave me my confidence I needed to, uh, to succeed. Uh, He's just a great man. Right, right. Um, Well, I, another question I ask uh, the former players that I interviewed what was it, it, it had to feel great, but what was the feeling? When you put on a major league uniform for the first time, was there any anything special that happened, or was it just like putting on a uniform? For me, the, the most uh, overwhelming part was uh, is, is putting on a uniform. Uh, having my name on the back was a big deal, having
3: learned. Yeah. Uh, well, but the big thing was me was uh, when I was called to the major league. Uh, to walk down and look up and see the huge field. Oh, and man. I, I think I, uh, maybe the first, the first stadium I ever, uh, went in was, uh, Field. Right. And, you know, you, you, I, I talk about it, but for the, uh, you know, the, what do they
0: call it? The, the organ and, you know, what do they call it? Uh, those old time organs. That, you know, like an air organ or something. Oh yeah, yeah. A pipe organ. A like pipe a, was a pipe organ? Yeah, yeah. And then the Wrigley Field was amazing, the fans and all that. Uh,
1: and then uh, I, I remember the one that just really, uh, I the first ball I ever saw uh, in the Major League when I was hitting. Uh, I hit it off the top of the uh, right center field fence in St. Louis. And I missed a, a home run by a foot. I still got that ball, and uh, so
0: St. Louis was good. But it was Shea Stadium. I mean, Shea Stadium was so high. I mean, just it went like it went straight up in the air. And the 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 one we picked, the one that we played against was Tom Stever. Oh wow! And I and I. Uh, you know, I get, it's funny, as a, as a kid, I never realized, uh, you know, I was so much into my my high school and stuff like that, and, and only the
1: Giants. I didn't really pay that much attention to all these other great players But they, until I got to the major leagues, and then they, the guys started telling me, oh, man, that's Tom Seaver, you know, you know how good he is. And I remember uh, we went down, uh, you know, uh, the bullpen was left field line in Chase Stadium and the Phillies were playing against Deaver and, and I think his score was 2-1 or something like that Deaver's winning and, uh, he, and he was back and at the end of the year obviously because I've been called up and, and uh, had, we had uh, been on I think first and second or something like that uh, and Seaver needed three outs, and th- he was just cruising, and all of a sudden, you could just hear the, the pop of the glove, and a uh, rat, you know, and, and it was like, good morning, I mean, it, I think it was Dick Allen, and, you know, and Smitty, and, you know, great hitters, and, and, you know, it was like, good morning, good afternoon, good night, go sit down, and it took him like nine pitches, 12 pitches, or something like that, and he just banged them off, and he started he started that fastball he was on the outside part of the plate at the knees, and then he worked it up to where the guys didn't catch up with it. He just, he decided, just I'm taking this baby home. And i never, I never seen a picture
0: that over overpowering, uh, like that. You, know, you know, it was funny when I, you know, I pitched in uh, high school, like, what, 71 to 75 and everything, and our, you know, back then, coaches, you didn't really have anyone that knew about pitching. It seemed like, or at least my experience. And I remember the coach I had in high school used to go. Uh, his his instructions were like he would play a a video of Tom Seaver. He says, "Okay, he says pitch like that." <laughs> it's like not everybody's going to okay. be able. To, yeah, yeah, I'll pitch just like Tom Seaver, right? <laughs> but. Uh, you know, I tried to do that, but he, you know, he was he, he was. Stocky, right? Yeah.
1: Here yeah. I was six and I
0: tried to, to drop it right. Yeah. <laughs> there was no way. I, I I found out that I was a big whip. I wasn't a drop. Right, driver. right. Well, that's. I mean, that that nickname you had, the blade. I mean, that was definitely, a, you know, a descriptive nickname, I guess, for you, right? Your size and everything. Is that why
1: you it got was.
0: I mean, you know, Boa gave me that. Okay, Boa did? Okay. You know, yeah, Larry, I, I started, I won the, the first five or seven
3: games I missed after I made the team. And, uh, I mean, the Dodgers were like
1: 25. I mean, they, they won almost every game in the first month. And I, I beat down and, you know, I, I beat a lot of real good teams
3: uh, when I started. So, uh, you know, but,
2: Larry Boa, one day I came in and I had a great game, and, and he said, man, he goes, you know, he goes, I'm going to name
0: you, your are skinny as a razor and sharp <laughs> as a blade out there, you know, so <laughs> you, you were sharp today, so that's good, that's that sucks. Hey, uh, Larry Boa was from Sacramento also, wasn't he? He was. Wow. Yeah, Larry, Larry uh, Larry's 10 years older than me. Um, <sighs>
1: You know, you always wonder these guys how long they've been up there ahead of you. And I, I knew Doug uh, and Boa and uh, Carl; they were all ten
0: years older than me. Right. And, uh, and uh, so Larry, Larry out of high, out of Sacramento, he he, uh, he left uh, out of here ten years before me. Yeah. Well, there was a lot. I mean, that must have been a hotbed for baseball players, Sacramento, because it seems like. I can't tell you how often I'll see someone's, someone's name and they say, oh, you know, you know uh, from Sacramento, California. I'm like, Yeah, like Dusty Baker and, like I said, this Wally West. Look, there was a couple other people, uh, you know, like I said, it was a hotbed. Yeah. And, and our high school, uh, we
1: had two, can you imagine, Bob, we, we had two number one draft choices uh, off the same high
3: school team the same
1: year. Wow. I mean, first round choices in the nation.
0: One was Jerry Manuel. Okay. And uh, you probably know this, but he's going to be the the bench coach for the uh, national team. Oh, is he? Okay, right. Yeah. And, you know, he was Jim Leland's bench coach for, I think, the Marlins
1: when they won the World Series. But he was,
0: Jerry Manuel was my teammate. We walked home from school every year, every day. Uh, But we had... Gary went to the major leagues, and we had uh, three other guys uh, that played, that went to the major leagues off the
3: same high school team the same year. And then other years, we uh, you know, I'll bet you we have, uh, uh, you know, 10, ten or, or more players that played in the major league. Uh, but, you know, Boswell, even, Cordova.
0: Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, so we, we had a lot of...
1: We were, not, I think, third in the nation or something like that. Uh, and I, was, I think I was 13
0: and I that year. Yeah, I think on, yeah, your senior year you were 13 and I. Something like, something like that. But so I know I lost like one game in high school. Yeah, you were like 35 yeah. and 1, I think. 35 and 1 during your yeah. high school career. If you look it up. Uh, okay. DC Marshall out of uh, out of
1: Las Vegas, uh, great guy. But him and Dusty got together uh, eight years ago or something, and they said, "Man, we've got Sacramento has
0: so many great uh, athletes, not just baseball, but you oh, know, yeah. I mean, football. You know, I mean, they we have
1: great boxers uh, and you know, an Olympic stars. Anyway." They decided to do a, a Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame, and so Dusty Dusty got together with Dusty uh, Martin, and uh, and they did a Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame, and uh, um, so I I was the last year before the pandemic and inducted in Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame, but they, my point is there was so many great athletes that they wanted to uh, you know to, to honor them.
0: And so they put that together. You know, it's funny, uh, I was because you sent me the video from that, and uh, Bill Cartwright. And I was thinking, yeah. a, a good friend of mine when I worked at AT&T, he was, uh, that was his favorite player. You know, he liked the Knicks and stuff, and I was like, I don't, I don't know, I just, I didn't, you know, I don't, I don't know what the attraction was, but he loved Bill Cartwright. You know,
1: well, you know, Bill has ideas. So, Bill has a uh, a podcast. I don't know if he's doing it now because basketball season. He was he's still uh,
3: coaching over there at the uh, University of San Francisco or whatever. Okay, Francisco
1: yeah, state. I, I think that's where he came from actually, yeah. before he went to the NBA. But I uh, I did Bill's uh, podcast. What a
0: great guy! Oh yeah, you yeah. Know, I listen. You know, I listened to that actually. I when I was doing research for this, that was a good podcast.
1: Oh, yeah, and and, on my, uh,
3: uh, what do you call it, my my web, my
1: page on Facebook, uh, there's a picture of of me and uh, I think Dan Botts and
0: uh, and, uh, Cartwright and just a great boxer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was just looking at that, too, and I can't think offhand uh, who that was. There was a picture of you guys standing there and you were holding your. The, the plaque, I guess, they gave you, and, you know. Yeah, that little guy, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Now, another question I wanted to ask, like, it's similar to the, uh, you know, putting on a major league uniform. What was it like seeing yourself on a baseball card? Oh, uh, you know, I, I talk about that.
1: Uh, that was one of the things I, when I talked about, because uh, it really feels, was the first major league, uh, uh, amount in a major league game I pitched off of, right? And I gave up a grand slam, uh, to,
0: uh, you know, a nobody catcher named Tim Hosley. Oh, and yeah, I know the who wind he
1: is. Was yeah. blown out, the wind was blown out like crazy, and, uh, I couldn't believe it. I, I, it
2: was a pop up. I, I'd gotten in trouble. I came in for Carlton. Right. He was winning the game like, Ten to two or something, and they had to close out the game with garbage. Uh, but to put on that, to put on that uniform to go out on the field, uh, is that's what your question was? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, or oh, baseball card. Yeah. You know? and, and so
1: anyway, I talked about that in the book, and mm-hmm. then talked about uh, you no more than walk down on the field, and uh, and here's Pop.
0: In, in those days, cops was the only. Uh, you know, it was, it was the only baseball card. Right.
1: And so where's the photographers, and they ask you to pose, and you're thinking, huh? Yeah, <laughs> what am I doing? They they have you sign a contract. Uh, I think it was hundred and seventy five dollars $200, and then they just one-up uh you every year uh for, I think, <laughs> like $50 or
0: $75, right? Right. And until you know, they started to get... uh
1: You know,
0: who were there? There was some competition to other Don Ross and people like that. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I went to um, back in. In fact, I sent you the video, so when you you look on your uh, email, I have a video when I played for uh, Pirates Dream Week. You know, it's the thing they have that in Florida with a lot of teams. But um, one of the. One of the big things that they do with Dream Week because they want to simulate what it was like to be a major league player. You know, you had the locker, and they had a bowl of uh, bazooka chew- chewing gum and everything. But the right, other th- right, right. the other thing they did is give you your own baseball card. And I remember I was like thrilled. <laughs> that was a big thrill, almost. Well, what that
1: is, you know, and then uh, you know, as you get. More companies come around, and, and then they take, the, you know, some from previous years, and then, you know, your rookie card, and I've got actually a two rookie cards. Right. And I've got a, I've, in fact, I'm sitting in I thought it was Maria's office, but uh, I'm looking at the World Series uh, uh, team, and then behind me is uh, is
0: all the baseball cards, it's all, it's kind of my, I call it my, my love me room. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's, it's the baseball cards, I've got, every baseball card I have Oh. Wow. It's, uh, is all hung on a wall. Excellent. That's great. I mean, uh... I have to take a picture of it and send it to you. Alright, I would, I'd love to see that, definitely. Um. You uh, when you were in the majors, you played for Danny Ozark. What was that like?
1: Danny Ozark was just like Bob. Well, oh, was he? Uh, That's great.
0: He, yeah, and so he was just perfect for me in the major league. The problem was, uh, is
1: probably my greatest downfall. Uh, uh, the, you know, the, the hardest thing. not downfall is a bad word, but uh, Danny Ozark was such a great man and there were people that I looked
0: up to, like Carlton and stuff like that, right. they just hated and oh really? And Danny, uh, Danny was just a,
1: a big, lovable, gentle giant. And uh, so I was, you know, I, I was taking these guys lead, not realizing just what a wonderful give of me. And I look back on it, Danny Ozark is the greatest manager I ever had. He was just a, a sweetheart of a human being, you
2: know, and he didn't ride your butt, you know, he, he knew I was a kid, he was 20 years old, right? Right. right. And uh, 22 when I made the team, and uh,
1: so where I was going was, I, I I came up and the Phillies were on the verge of a championship, they had so much talent, but it was older talent, right. we had, uh, you know, Players that were real established, like I said, like Carlton. You had, and I don't mean uh, these were bad people. They just, they just didn't, you know. They, I was a big, I was a kid that just, you know. That was my manager, man. He's my daddy, you know. <laughs> you know, I was just, you know. But these guys, they didn't give him, they didn't give these managers any respect or anything. You, know, so you, you got, uh, great guys, but I mean. Think about it. you got Jim Lonborg, Jim Cobb, Ron Reed, Doug McGraw. I mean, all these guys are a lot older than me, and, and you know here's uh, Richie Allen was only there for a year or whatever. It's Richie Allen, Tony Taylor. You, you're talking uh, about uh, Ollie Brown. Yeah, Jay Johnston. You know every one of these guys have been in a major league ten plus years. So for for me being a young kid and
0: trying to. You yeah, know, be a goofy young kid at the for You know, it's funny when you mention all those guys. I'm seeing like flashes of of baseball cards because I remember having all those yeah. guys' baseball cards. You know, but but the pitching, I I forgot that you had like Longberg and Carlton and Tug and you know D- Reed. I mean, yeah, a yeah. lot of pitching yeah. talent out there. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, well, there's, there's, yeah, here's,
1: here's the 300
0: game winner, Jim. Yeah, that's yeah, Jim Codd, that's the one.
1: Yeah, I mean, every every one of these people just, I mean, I Jim Codd, Kitty Codd, he, got, he
2: yeah. was he was so funny because I mean, he would grab the kid, me and me. Yeah. And so the day that he pitched, the day he would
1: start, he would take me out center field. Come on, uh, you know, come on, kid, again, and and, uh, and then he would practice, you know, just kind of getting loose and practice to you know, been on his different pitches and all that. You know how many guys can say that Jim Cott used to uh, get ready to go into the game uh, with you, uh, you know, before
0: he went to pitch, and he was just a just a neat guy. And I am so happy that he finally got in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, you root for guys guys like that. I mean, I I know, you know, you know what it is. A lot of times with guys that have played for a long time, they saw with their they they accumulate their statistics, but but I mean he was I mean he was the ace of the twins. I mean he put he was a relief was he a relief pitcher when he was pitching for Philadelphia or I mean he, Yeah, he was kind of a spot
1: starter reliever.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: you know, I mean how about all the gold love? Yeah, you know, you know, he was a good hitter. I mean right? he was a really good athlete. Yeah. But, I mean, he,
0: I don't know how old he was when I was there, but he was no younger. No. But he was still, I mean, he, he went on to play for, I guess, one or two other teams. Yeah, he played yeah. for St. Louis, I think, and uh, went to the World Series with them later on. Well, what's amazing, too, Bob, is, you know, not only the, the Phillies, you know, how
1: about this one? Had, at the one time we had Rose, Right? You know, Bo well, Schmidt, Luzinsky, Maddox, and Big McBride. I mean and then you had but that was that in my opinion wasn't our best that wasn't the best team I played on. I mean, my goodness. I mean you know, you, you you had uh, I mean that Milwaukee team, you know, Cecil Cooper, Gantner, Yao, Molliner, all of all Hall of Famers, uh Gorman uh, Thomas, you know, Raleigh Fingers, Dal Banzo.
0: <laughs> you play, you play for a bucket full of uh, Hall of Famers. I mean, jeez.
1: Well, think about that. Then I went to uh, Montreal, and you got Gary Carter
0: and Tim Raines and Steve, Steve Rogers, you know, it just it, it went on and on. Did you ever go? Did you ever go to the Hall of Fame at uh, Cooperstown?
1: I did. I, I actually, uh, I, they have a Hall of Fame game. Uh,
0: where they bring I don't know, it's like middle of season. Or right. They do it, called Double Day Field. Oh, Double Day
1: and, Field, right? Yeah, and and they brought uh uh they they two teams, one for they usually bring American League team and uh, National League team, and they brought the Minnesota Twins against the Phillies, and uh because
2: I can hit, uh, and Danny didn't want to yeah, other game where they didn't want to make it hit, but they have a, a home run hitting contest uh, against the Twins against the Phillies, and uh, I was one of Danny's and I, I locked them out of double day field, and and, uh, and I remember Doug. Uh, Doug had to get some work in. Doug McGraw, and uh, and
0: they wanted to make sure that it, you know, in front of the fans there, that, that at least. That he's played their top, you know, their, their best players, oh, right. at least to play a few games,
1: and uh, so that's the days that they had uh, Rod Carew and
3: uh, maybe Killebrew or, or whatever, but, uh, but Tuck was just how
1: he was just going to eat Rod Carew, up. Uh, those days, you
2: know, <laughs> he couldn't eat, Tuck couldn't wait, of course, <laughs> Tuck is out there and he's uh you know, I mean, making a, just being a donkey out there, playing right. with rod. How, where do you want it? You know, and the, yeah. you know that kind
1: of stuff. Yeah. So, was, I, so that's my claim to fame. I went to, you know, I, I went and saw the, uh, the, the Hall of Fame, uh, you know, played in that Hall of Fame game and went there. And I'm in it a few times in a negative way because I know I gave up, uh, Pete Rose's 40th consecutive hit.
0: Oh, so really? That, but yeah. And he was on that role. Yeah. You know what I was uh, I'm gonna ask you about well with Tug McGraw, I know you guys were tight and and uh, he was a big help for you help you know, help for you and everything like that. But you know what question I never it never occur- occurred to me, I mean the screwball was his pitch, right? It was Tug's yeah. Okay, now how often do you think he he threw the screwball? You, you a know? lot? Oh he did, okay. Yeah. I mean yeah,
1: he threw it a lot. And you know what? It wasn't
0: very good. <laughs> really? <laughs> but
2: it
1: was, it, was just, it was just so weird, right? Yeah. So, I mean, these, these hitters aren't used to, you know, that uh, left-handed video, right-handed hitter, or left-handed pitcher throwing something that's literally going to break big right. away from you. slow, big, and it big. But the other started at the front of the right-handed hitter's shoulder.
0: Wow. Now, did he set that up with anything, or he just, uh, you know what I mean, like you set up a curveball, or? You no, know, Doug, Doug was, uh, he would get to set that up with uh, with his uh, high-rise type fastball. Okay. And he, Doug, Doug was a, uh, a four-steam fastball pitcher. He was, he was actually a high, uh, he did not real hard. I mean, he, threw, yeah. he probably fell 90, Okay. 90, 92, bit. He uh, he had that uh, four-seam fastball, was so right up, you know, like like that that fastball he struck Willie Wilson out uh, in right. the,
1: the World Series. He, You know, that was a
0: crossing fastball right down
1: the middle.
0: Right, right. And, yeah, he he,
1: he he threw that. I got a great group ball. Doug was a real good
2: breaking
0: ball pitcher. Uh, so, so he, he could, could he could break it both ways, like to a to a batter, then yeah. Oh wow! Yes, and they—they they were basically
1: the same type of the same
2: break, same type of pitch. curveball was a lot, you know, right. a lot more
1: devastating. But it was probably the same amount of break. Only
0: he left that curveball was a lot, a lot quicker, and harder. Wow! You talk about dude Bob. I mean, now you got me on a roll. But you, you talk about the different players we play against. I mean, the pitchers in my, you know. Uh, to, to walk to roll into Houston and play and you know play against uh, J.R. Richards, Nolan Ryan, those guys. Oh yeah. Yeah, J.R. Richards, man. He's he had he had medical issues at the end, right? Wasn't it him or didn't he have a stroke. stroke? He had a stroke, right? But I, I had a stroke, yeah. I mean he was there there's no telling where he would have went.
1: I faced him a lot. I actually hit a double off the left center field fence
0: off of Ryan in San Francisco, and, that, and I, 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 I hit, uh, I hit Jr. pretty
2: good. Oh, I really? The okay. Uh, they're really, they're really
0: hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that staff they had like Jr. and Don Wilson. Didn't they have Don Wilson then too? You remember Don Wilson? He was. Yeah. The- Oh, he wasn't there yet, he was probably they, out. That was, a, that was
1: a time when, uh, uh, Joe Negro, Jerry Richards, not Jerry Richards, uh, uh, and Dehar, Andahar. Andahar, yeah, Joaquin. Joaquin.
0: Yeah,
1: they, they, they had, uh, there's
0: another team, they, Justin you know, Daniels and center, and, you know, they, they had a,
1: a cruise, they had a good team. They had a cruise, yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. No, they did. No, absolutely. Hey, uh, another thing, and it was funny because you know, I was listening to your uh, interview with Ralph Tycho, and uh, I think the, most most of that interview he was talking about the book The Forever Boys, right? And I remember, you know, I like Pete Golden, Goldenbach. I like him, you know, a lot and everything. And and I, I went to a used bookstore, and I'm looking on the shelves, and, and Eye level. What is right in front of me? But that book. So of course I bought it. Um, What a great book! I mean, uh, you played for Bobby Tolan, and your pitching coach was uh, Doc Ellis.
1: Yeah, you believe that? Ah. And and I started. I I started the first game. I was. I was a starting. I was an opening day
0: pitcher for the Saint Peter, Saint Petersburg Pelicans. Right. Uh, name me as a starting pitcher. Uh If you didn't, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know how Doc was
1: when he was with the Pirates. Oh, he, he was sweetie, sweetheart, human
0: being. Really? You know, I, I don't know if I told, I don't know if I mentioned it to you, but I was telling someone else about it. I, I saw Doc at. Uh, there was an ALS thing at Three Rivers Stadium in Pittsburgh, and he was—you know—they were signing autographs and stuff. And and uh, I had a baseball, and I think he was with Al Oliver and uh, Kent Colby And uh, he had the shave head. He had like earrings on both ears, like hoop hoop earrings. <laughs> he looked like Mr. You know, Mr. Clean and stuff. I mean, he was a menacing-looking guy. <laughs> I mean, I looked at him, i like. <laughs> <laughs> he was very
1: mean-looking, you know, who's the one on that team, and him and I are pretty good friends
3: right now, and we were, we played with Al Oliver, I played with Al. Oh, yeah. I played with the Giants, the Expos, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, Al Oliver was just, he, was, he. Al Oliver was just the, the, as intimidating of a hitter as you ever want to face, and when yeah. he
2: hit the
0: oh yeah yeah I, how could I forget <laughs> yeah, you want that, that's what sealed the deal right that sealed the deal I was,
1: I hit, yeah well, the reason I, I said that too is because Al Oliver and then I hit it uh, over uh, one over uh, Dave Parker's head, and he was
0: intimidating too oh yeah well, he was really and you
1: know so they I mean they
0: Big people, Billy's gotten a lot of fights with those guys. Oh yeah, well, what about were were you at the game when uh, Bruce Keeson and Mike Schmidt went at it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I actually batted off of uh, Bruce Keason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't he did? Yeah, at Dream Week. I mean, he didn't throw it. Didn't throw it inside and tight. But <laughs> you know, you know, it was funny. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. what The the funny thing at Dream... Like I said, they, they just try to simulate the actual major league experience. And at the end of the camp, they would have the campers would play against the pros. And I got a chance. The, the pitcher I faced was Bruce Keeson. So the first two pitches, I mean, he smoked it. I didn't even... I heard it, but I couldn't see it, right? And then they just, like... Not lob it over, but, I mean, just right there. And I I remember I pulled it down to third base to Richie Hebner, and I'm like, I was never that good of a good of a hitter. I'm like, I don't pull the ball off of anybody. And here I am, I pull the ball down the line off of Bruce Keeson. Well, how awesome, though, you know? Yeah. I mean,
2: Keeson was known
1: as, was known as a headhunter. But oh, yeah. no problem throwing at you. I think uh, uh, Kevin Soche was the one that we got in that big fight that brawl uh, Kevin Soche, uh threw at the Pirates we had a, the bench clearing I remember uh, I, I, I remember Carlton had Ed Ott down uh, down on the ground and had him by the throat and I thought he was going to kill him Carlton what?
0: Yeah, I, put, I hung out with uh, Richie Hebner when I was at the, uh, well, the, the thing about the pirates at this Dream Week, they, um, from what I understand, talking to everybody, they were really good at mixing with the campers. You know, like they, they hung out with you. And, you know, like uh, I know Hebner was telling me, he says, you know, he says, hurt. He says, you think this is your camp, but this is really ours. He says, you know how, how he goes, you know how great it is? For us to put on a uniform again, and you know, so I I got a kick out of that. But uh yeah, that was Rich a great. Ex- what? S- yeah,
1: Richie there Richie.
0: Well, he's a great guy. He's a, he's a great
1: digger
0: man. Oh yeah. He's a oh sure. The the thing with Richie though, every every other word starts with F though. Sometimes.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and he Richie used to put on the greatest batting practice, BP. I mean, every ball he hit was a ballpark.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Just, you know, he, you was, know, he, was, he was, was quite a hockey player, too.
1: Yeah, he was. And he, you know, he's flung his
0: badges like that. Yeah. I mean, he's just an uppercutter. But, yeah, I, I just can't believe it, you know, looking back now that I'm out of the game and stuff like that, how much the
1: Lord blessed me. You know the players that I have played against, and, and you know
0: what's been cool is once since I wrote the book, and I got on Facebook, I I've i talked to just you cannot believe how many of, of the
1: old time players that I've had a chance to talk to. It's pretty cool. Oh yeah. And there's, there's a lot of
0: great ones. Okay. And and that was a great segue because I see we're at an hour, and I know you had requested that.
2: I've got. I've got- I'm
0: doing okay you're doing okay because I was going to say uh yeah, well actually what you've done I, I, I just, Bob I didn't know what to expect oh okay uh, you know you're doing it uh, my compliments to you I, I uh, I've i done I've done probably over a podcasts, right I yeah
3: that. And that, I mean it's bragging but after a while sometimes you you get
0: uh, you get interviewers that, that try to see if they can catch you off guard yeah and then <laughs> If right. You feel uncomfortable, and once you start scrambling in the interview, yeah. then you, uh,
1: then you just, it's horrible. And you do, you do a great job. You make it like a
0: conversation. Well, that's, that's, that's what I try. I'm, I'm, I, I definitely take that as a compliment, because that's what I try to do. You know, I was telling, I was telling somebody that what I try to do, and some, you know, sometimes it's hard, but like, um, I like to, I, like to uh, to make an analogy, like fishing. Like I'll throw the line out with the bait, and then I just I just sit back and listen to what you you know what the person I'm interviewing has to say. You know, because who wants you know people don't want to hear what Bob Hurt has to say. They want to know what you know Randy Lurch has to say. You know, so. Uh,
1: well, I, and I can tell you're you kind of hard. So you know you you make the in interview how like you would want to be treated, and then. What you do is is that
2: uh, you've got your what you
1: in law your brother in law or brother yeah or yeah to and break it
2: down you know? yeah yeah and when
1: you start getting questions like okay what do you want to do with your life for the next five years
0: well, <laughs> you, know, you know and then you're sitting there stumbling because you know I'm sitting here with cirrhosis. I'm happy to have tomorrow right right <laughs> no I know well what yeah, so you're what, doing a, you're doing a good job. With it. Well, I appreciate that, Randy. That's that's fantastic, and and I want and and I'll tell you, and I'm not doing this to flatter you though, but I really enjoyed your book. I think it was inspired. I think it was an important book to be written, and uh, so I would like to make the last question: if you could talk about talk about the book, like what I know that um, was it how that started started the idea, or were you thinking of doing that before? you know putting out a book or how did what can you tell me about you know well since we're, we're both Christians and we believe in God's spirit guys God you know I, I don't believe anything happens by accident right and uh,
2: after uh, after I got this drug well let me back up uh Hal Lurch I, I don't know if you understand that he was a huge Phillies fan and Yep. And being a the
1: last name and all that. He, he's, I think, uh, how's five years older than me. But, he he ended up retiring and I don't know why, he loved the ancestry and, uh, you know, you might, this might be, I might be telling you this twice, but, here it goes. But, uh, so, uh, he, he remembered that he came to the Phillies game and watched me with his dad asked if he could get a ball signed and so he i didn't really know who he was but there was a bond on his side from him remembering that uh so when he retired doing the ancestry thing he found out how to get a hold of me uh, where i was working you know i was working with irish construction who was a uh, who was a sole source provider for T, right
2: we yeah can But anyway, uh, so, uh, so, Hal, you
1: know, he, he, uh, oh, shit, I lost my train of thought, but, go ahead, we're, we're, anyway, Hal, uh,
2: he gets into the Ancestry thing, oh, the AT&T, but he gets Mm -hmm. into the Ancestry thing, and then he figures out how to get a hold
0: of me. The 18th day saying is that I was working for Irish Construction. Right. So he starts sending me ancestry about, uh, the Lurch name and everything, because he was just hoping that, you know, him and I were related, which he found out
1: we were. Right. And I retire, uh, I end up, uh, living, uh, when I was with the Irish, I, uh, I lived in, uh, the, uh, in Gilroy. San Jose area and stuff like that, California. And then uh, when I retired, uh, I came where I'm at right now, in the physio, Sierra Nevada,
0: I'll tell you, it's it's an incredible story because, you know, I mean, you you got knocked down so many different times and you got right back up. You know, it's... Uh, well, maybe not right back up, but you got up, and that, that says a lot for you. I mean, that's inspirational. How about this? I didn't even remember all that until I started writing it, but what I did is I said, no, I'm not writing the book. And then... Uh, so how ends up, see, I'm getting tired. It's yeah. Uh, uh, I can finish this. how okay. uh, wants me to write a book, and then in the meantime, I end up getting cirrhosis. Right. And the doctor had told me on the way out the door that day
3: that, that you know, I was basically a walking dead man. Hmm. And, you know,
1: liver transplant, all that stuff. Two years down the road, and I'm still alive. And the doctor said, "Looks like you've been given a second chance." And I was so unbelievably just over, obviously happy, and you know, this guy giving me more time. And so I, I joined this church and asked the pastor if I could uh, tell my story. And he wasn't interested
0: a bit. Oh no! And I was, no, he didn't, he An ex-major leaguer he wanted
1: to tell the story, he help." And they actually had a recovery. Uh, you know, standing right there in the church, and he wouldn't let me, he wouldn't let me do nothing to do with me. So I come home that day, uh, and the phone rang, and Hal's a Christian writer. right? He had he's, had a
0: few books uh, that he'd written, uh,
1: he read. written, Hal, I don't know if you looked
0: it up. Yeah, I uh, did. I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he, uh, I walked through the door, and the phone rang, and Hal says, look it, I've asked you this time before.
1: But, you know, I just finished this book. Do you want to do a book? Bob, I was so upset that this pastor turned me down, and I wanted to get my story out there. I told Hal at that time, let's do it. I would have never, ever done it,
3: ever, ever, ever. But uh, God had a plan. Yes, you do.
0: So I walked through the door. We didn't know how we were going to do it. you know, because the way Hal wanted to do it was for me to make notes and then he was going to write the book. Right. And I started to try to do that, and it just doesn't work because I couldn't get my emotions and everything. To, you know, tell Hal and have him put it on paper. Right. I had to do it myself. I had to tell my own stories.
1: And so uh, I started out the, where I was just going to write the uh, about the cirrhosis, about the drinking, because my whole my, my whole. Uh, you know, reason for wanting to write it was to help others with drug and alcohol abuse and cirrhosis. And the problem was, I didn't, or the thing was, I didn't know that cirrhosis would kill you. Out of being an egotistical, big, strong athlete, I thought, I just put drinking and I'll be okay. I didn't right. realize that cirrhosis was a death threat. Right. And so, uh, once I found out of the death sentence, uh, I wanted to tell anybody that was listening that, look at man, you know, the alcohol will kill you. And I didn't know how I was going to do it. But anyway, I, I sat down where I'm sitting right now, and I thought I'll just write something out and then, you know send it to the mail house. Well, how about if you if you just do it on tape recording? And we started messing with it, and
3: I I ended up taking my. Uh, my iPad, and putting it on,
1: uh, I started with record, but they, you know, it doesn't doesn't record your voice the way you would hope it would, right. so I started uh, hunting and pecking, Bob, and I hunted and pecked for a year, and so I started out uh, just going to write about the, the drinking and cirrhosis and all that bitchy, and before I did anything, I, I, I would go into prayer, and ask the Lord to guide me and he guided me to write uh, my autobiography instead of, that. so I started from the time I was a kid until, uh, and wrote the whole book and, uh, by God's great grace, and you know, uh, I don't know if you know that, but the book is, uh, you know, I mean, it got uh,
0: I can't believe very, uh, Barry, Barry Bloom wrote it. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so it's gotten really good reviews, but we were going to get well, uh, we, we were gonna get a uh, get it published, and it, you know I don't have the notoriety like you did get yours. Yeah. But yeah. I uh, we we ended up
1: uh, uh, not doing that because every time we talked to a publisher, they wanted to make rules and stuff right. like that. And I had been contacted by people about maybe doing a movie and stuff. And so we just used uh, how self published uh, his uh, books. You know, through his ministry. And so we just went ahead and had Hal do that. Hal signed all the rights over to me. And then uh, the rest is history.
0: Wow. You know, I think it would make a good movie. You know, is that still on the table? Are you thinking about it? Or would. There
1: is a movie, there's a studio right here in, in Rancho Cordova, but the one, one that, I forget the name, pursued studio, out of Philadelphia. Uh, they found out that in order to tell the story about the drugs and all that other stuff, you really have to rewrite a lot of stuff, and, and uh,
0: you'd have to get the rights uh, from the Phillies, because a lot of that stuff is, is the Phillies in there. Oh, so right. that people
1: that thinking about it, they dropped it. It
0: would be, it would
1: be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, it, because of the, the dog attack
0: and, you know, Oh yeah. The, the stuff,
1: the, you know, the, the driving
0: off the cliff. Yeah, you have a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of stories in the big story. You know, you have a lot of, you know, you know, like they say, sidebars kind of to the, the uh, story about your your life and everything. You know I mean, what's funny about it.
1: I did this with your book. I don't right. know, how, you know how you start each day, but uh, I didn't know what I was going to write. And I'd go into prayer, and, and uh, things, you know, like
3: you, uh, you know, things, memories would come to me that I forgot, like like Doug
0: McGraw, you know? Sitting alongside the road, with steam coming out of his butt, you know I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I like I like uh, the story where he, he got himself locked up. He demanded to be locked up. Do you imagine that? It's just for- <laughs> I know. It puts, and, and I'm thinking it was down, probably down the strip district down that way. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I mean, he, stayed, he came in
1: and I in the bus with the day game and, you know, he, he, he just looked like a oh, He's been a great like
0: guy for
1: a He was in jail. Like, what? <laughs> you know? And he said, yeah, he says, I, you know, I beat on the door or whatever and I told them they better let me in because I'm a detriment to society. <laughs> and, you know, I, I mean, that took McGraw to a T, right? But, uh, yeah, there was some, uh, I mean, the stories in there. Uh, the one story, the one story I didn't put in there because I, I, I thought Tim McGraw would get mad at me, but here's one for you is that, uh, Doug, we're in Houston, uh, and I was getting pretty close to Doug. I think I, it was probably 79 or something like that, 78. Uh, I made the team, and, you know, I first came up 75. But anyway, I took, took, called my room, and he says, man, he was, I found out later he's lying his butt off. <laughs> he says, this woman just called me and says, I've got a kid. And I said, I do? He goes, yeah, he's about 14 years old, 12 14 years old or whatever. <laughs> and his name's Tim. Oh. And I said, uh, this is, you've you got, you got a story here that not not too many people know, but uh, he says, yeah, he says, uh, so she's bringing him by the ballpark. Really? And his mom. Tim's mom, yeah. So, so I said, well, let him know if he's yours. So Tuck playing stupid, like he doesn't know. Tuck. Right. And so he brings Tim McGraw by my locker, and he looks just like Tuck. And so I'm talking, me the kid and everything, and, and I pull Tuck alongside, and I said, well, I said, he's yours, take care of him. It's a great
0: story. Yeah. You guys had quite a friendship. I mean, uh, you know, when, uh, when I was reading the book and, uh, you know, other other research i was doing and and uh you know tug mcgraw like i remember when he was with the mets and i i loved him when he was with the mets and then he got over came over to the phillies i mean he was just uh just a great guy and uh, you said he was like 10 years older than you he's he's were yeah you, were you like a kid brother to him then huh yeah i was like a
1: kid brother i mean I I just really looked up to him. I mean, yeah. He was so freaking... Bobby was so freaking dingy. I mean, when, yeah. he, when we would go after they were one you won know, the Miracle Mets won the World Series. He Boy. he uh
2: uh I mean, he was big in New York. So we would you know we we go into Shea and play the Mets. I was bitch good there for some reason. Probably because they weren't any good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, so I remember. Yeah, you know, this is the kind of stuff he did. We go in there and the press just loved Tug. And so they after the game and he, especially if he closed out the game or whatever, he, you know, there would be 10 daily newspapers. You know, Philadelphia press and New right. press and all that stuff. And so when, when Elvis died, uh, Tug had kind of the same type of hair and stuff like that. So Tug started wearing hair just like Elvis and he got around. <laughs> Just uh, you know, that he was mourning Elvis, so the festival pastor was all about it. He says, uh, he goes, yeah, he goes, you know, and
1: he says, I loved Elvis to the point, these are all lies. He, he <laughs> says, uh, that, that, we, I formed a band in the off season Yeah, we, uh, we, we, uh, we did Elvis. I you was know, Elvis. Elvis and, and I sang and all that stuff. And, so they're writing like crazy, right? <laughs> they're crazy. And and so he goes, you know what? He goes, I can, you know, I can give you a, what? I can give you a little mini concert. You want? Can
3: we do all this right here? <laughs> and yeah, you know, they're riding like crazy. What did he do? He Oh, he's in his. uh he, he, he's in his. uh From uh, you know, he's
1: taking his uniform off.
0: There, like, right. And,
2: Yeah. He walks there and grabs a, a five, one of those five gallon buckets you get at
1: Home Depot and it's wire. And uh, and he pulls his band down, sits down, reaches over, grabs a newspaper, like he's reading a newspaper, and then he grabs his chest and falls over his He goes, that's my Elvis impression. Oh, oh <laughs> man! <laughs>
2: he did not!
0: Yep, definitely. Yep, yep. Excellent. All right, Randy. Have a great day. Okay, you too. God bless. Okay, God bless. The phrase, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, is meant to indicate how children's qualities and talents are similar to their parents. So to honor my dad and his influence on me concerning baseball, I named this podcast The Baseball Doesn't Fall Far from the Tree. If you have any questions about today's program or interested in ordering our book, Intelligent Influence in Baseball, you can contact us at rvh1971 at yachum.com. In the words of the famous baseball owner, Bill Beck, this is a game to be savored and not gulped. There's time to discuss everything between pitches or between ends.